This is Banging on the Drum. It is another beautiful day in West Central Wisconsin, and welcome to episode 119 of Banging on the Drum. Uh, please remember to like, subscribe, download, share with your friends. We really appreciate it. Uh, we're getting pretty big out there. I think we had uh, 20, 20 views on our last YouTube video. But oh yeah, yeah, Mike's about to make it more here. But as always, I'm your host P Dog, doing alongside our other host M Dog. And if you've been listening, you know this is the straight business episode. So we're gonna get straight to business. And Mike lost the six pack and a pound challenge last week. Forgot to do his sun drop. So we're gonna kick it off with Mike just slugging a sun drop right off the bat in this show. He's not even going to say anything. He's just going to go for it. Look at that. True champion. Damn, that looks tasty, actually, Mike. Bringing the energy to the day. How was it? They always taste good. You know, <laughs> that one burned a little bit more than usual, but they <laughs> always taste good. Your eyes are. Oh, yeah. They're watering. Tell them it all. That's funny. I, I do say that this is the straight business episode, but it strikes me. We did at drill this weekend. We did the hot ones challenge. Like our, uh, one of our guys in our units, like a big hot ones fan. So we had like eight people trying all 10 levels of the hot sauce. You know what the hot ones is this like Buffalo wild wings or is this someplace else? Or it's like a YouTube show. That's like very successful where they, interview yeah. celebrity okay yeah yeah. i've yeah. seen some things yeah yeah and he had every single sauce but oh it really wasn't that bad up until six but like six people six out of ten right no there's ten of them yeah there's ten so one through five wasn't a problem at all six people's faces started to look a little bit more like yours yeah and then I want to say like seven wasn't that bad, but then eight people were questioning whether they wanted to do the rest of them. So did you make it to 10? I did. I went through it all. I was uh doing the first ones very confidently though, because we were using chicken nuggets instead of like chicken wings. And oh, that one that makes it a hundred times easier though, right? I think so. There must there's no bone. Seven. Yeah. Yeah, there must have been something to it. But nice work, though. I'm very impressed by how fast you shotgun that. I think I think you might be on my level there. I don't. I don't think so. I'm not there yet. See, like if you make me pop it, like I can't pop it for shit. Like to get the hole in the can, I can't do that shit for nothing. Yeah, but once you got it, yeah, Mike was struggling before the show started. He was he yeah. hit the can about 15 times, but right. But once you got it, though, it didn't spray all over the place. You, which is the first for me. I think that's the first time that I just don't <laughs> spray it all over. Yeah, that's what's up. Mike usually makes stuff squirt all over the place. He's a real stud over there. Yes, sir. But, but like I said, let's let's stick to business here. I'm gonna let you know how the Packer game went for me, and I was at drill all day, and it was so frustrating. Like I had like so much ants in my pants because I wanted to watch this game so bad. So we're going to make this short. I looked at my phone. 
It was 24-12. I was like, we are good to go. I don't know what the Packers are doing. I heard uh, the injury report and, like, who wasn't playing. Like, I was like, even Bakhtiari's out. Like, what the fuck? And then I got done with the change of command ceremony. Had to do a couple things, clear out my room, get on the road, and it was 22 to 24. And then the next thing I know, my phone updated me. It was 25 to 24. I was like, what the fuck happened? So, Mike, tell us what happened in this one. Uh, so, in, as far as that goes, like, there's not a lot to tell, I don't think. Um, I, I mean, I just don't know what happened. Uh, the offense couldn't do anything, and the defense wasn't getting stops, right? So, they scored. So, it's 12. So, they scored a field goal to touchdown and then another field goal to get ahead yeah yeah yep so they scored a field goal i I don't think anything of it you're still up eight or whatever it is no must have been nine and so they get a touchdown and even then i was like it's all right it's not like we're gonna get the ball back all we gotta do is go down and get a field goal and then they have to score a touchdown on us which without their running game i don't think they can actually do um their running game just shredded us all day and i'm not really sure why because i believe we have one of the best defensive fronts in the game and then yeah. like last week i was kind of looking at the bears team and i think that bears team has a pretty good running attack too if you consider justin fields in that and they couldn't do anything against us and so i'm not really sure like how that got out of hand. Do you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Cause it did seem though, like they had a pretty damn good plan for Justin Fields. Like they really weren't letting him take it off and get going. So I don't know exactly who would have been spying him, but it seemed like guys knew to contain him. Like we talked about yeah, probably a little bit too much, like the Vanessa sack. Like it was just like great outside containment. It was basically don't let this guy get outside of you. And he didn't yeah. let him get outside of him. Yeah. And so today, um, really like their offensive line and their running backs just kind of gutted us. Um, we didn't make them throw the ball effectively. They did. At times throughout the game, but we didn't make them do that, right? Um, our defense wasn't set up to force Desmond Ritter to pass and like connect with his receivers downfield. It was, I would say, that our defense was probably set up to play both, like you do with a good team, right? A team that's got running backs and wide receivers and a quarterback. But I wouldn't consider Atlanta to have a quarterback, really, right? So, like, you expect him to make mistakes, and he did. He made at least four mistakes because we get a pick early in that game, um, and then Alexander drops one. I want to say Quay Walker drops one, and one other D-back dropped one during the game. And so, like, if I'm being honest, I just don't know what happened in the fourth quarter. I don't know why the offense shut down, and I don't know why the defense couldn't get one stop in that in that whole process right yeah i get outscored 13 to nothing in the fourth quarter but yeah like you were saying you would think with desmond ritter being basically a first year guy is you're gonna put seven eight guys in the box and like just make him 
beat you. And like I said, I, I got to go back and watch the quick recap, but I didn't get the the full scope of the game. But right here it's saying Atlanta ran 45 times for 211 yards. Uh, 19 of those carries came from Bijan Robinson. So for 124 yards. So yeah, they they were gouging us pretty good on the on the ground. And like, Algier had a good game too. Like it wasn't unique just to Robinson. Robinson might have had the most, but like Algier had a good game on the ground too. Yeah, 16 carries, got, 48 yards. And then when they got close, it felt like they were they were able to kind of pass around the goal line and do okay. Um, yeah. anyway, so we can get into like kind of our SWAT stuff. Uh, I probably touched on a few things and just in kind of the quick recap of the fourth quarter, but, um, I thought the team overall looked very good without a bunch of starters. Um, Jordan love had a QBR of over a hundred, pretty good 14 for 25, 151 yards and three touchdowns, no picks, no fumbles. I don't think I don't yeah, remember any fumbles. This is saying nothing, but yeah, his rating was 113. His QBR was 81.7, which that that's the harder one, but 81.7 is a pretty damn good QBR and uh, quarterback rating. Like I said, oh, okay. 113.5. Isn't the QBR, isn't that the quarterback rating? I guess no, there's he, two, one of them was over 100. Right? Yeah, his quarterback rating was 113.5, and that's the one we grew up with that we're aware of if like Brett Favre's career uh, QBR was like 84. And I think Rogers has like the record of having like a 108 or something like that. So if you're over a hundred, you're doing pretty damn good. Okay. Um, so I'm not sure if I should consider this good, but like his, especially his percentage or his yards, like 14 for 25 doesn't feel good to me. 151 yards doesn't feel good to me. Um, one of his passing touchdowns was a shuffle pass forward to Jaden Reed. That is basically a handoff, right? But they throw that pass because then if it falls to the ground, if they fumble, then it's an incomplete pass. But not that that's a huge deal. Like that's a pass. Like we can consider that a pass. I'm yeah. not that concerned about that. I just don't know if, 151 yards is enough in a game generally like if we're leaning too much on a running game and the 14 for 25 i think that needs to get shored up a little bit like that just doesn't seem great to me but maybe i'm just biased because i've been watching aaron Rodgers for the last 12 years or whatever it is yeah but i think that is kind of like a more cautious version of aaron Rodgers. like i think you get the 14 for 25 with no picks uh because of that cautiousness and like the not wanting to throw into a tight window that doesn't feel necessary to throw into and oh inside I of this game he definitely should have had a pick a guy just dropped one in the sand same thing with alexander right basically the same thing happened gotcha but yeah i i i'd assume that's just like hesitancy and not wanting to throw that interception and i think Honestly, it's even going to be even more so in his head now that like he has six touchdowns, no interceptions yeah. in his first going. So, I mean, he's probably going to be very conscious of not throwing that first pick. 
but maybe he just needs to let one rip and get that out of the way so that's like not in his head anymore but i mean no obviously if you can go a season without throwing a pick you want to go a season without That'd throwing a pick but 14 for 25 yeah definitely doesn't seem like that's quite good enough like if it was 18 for 25 sure but even 25 pass attempts like i want to see like the team stats in this one because that makes me feel like atlanta would have just owned the ball for the whole game and that's i would imagine that they kind of did pretty Um, true 36 they had 36 minutes time of possession to the packers 24. So that's yep. that's pretty like whopping. You you don't see that very often. Well, and you're and you're up big. Like you're up big at the end of the third. Twelve points in the NFL's a substantial score, I think, for the most part. Um Jaden Reed did look good. Like he takes a a run or that end around nine yards for a touchdown and then catches one. Ooh, man, I'm trying to think. I think that I can't remember exactly where he caught that other one or how he caught that other one. Um, but he catches oh, another one. Yeah, and he ran it up the up the sideline, and it looked like he could have got knocked out at the one type deal, or was that the shovel pass one? That was the shovel pass that he oh. like it was real close. He stepped on the pylon. Um, yeah, so I can't quite remember his his second touchdown. Dontavian Wicks um, looked like. Jordan Love was leaning on him a little bit. Um, in my brain, I was thinking maybe I should like go and like pick him up in fantasy. Like that's how much I noticed him in, in the game. And then he catches a pass at probably like the fifteen or the twenty, breaks a tackle, takes that in for a touchdown. Um, and the guy, so there's two guys kind of right next to him. One guy just misses the tackle on him. The next guy completely whiffs. Um, just like didn't realize that he would even need to consider tackling him whiffs on him uh wicks walks right in so i thought both those guys looked really good today and then uh musgrave i think will probably be the long-term solution at tight end it just feels like he's catching passes in big in big moments uh kind of all the time so yeah, no, I was impressed with that, watching back the the highlight things that I did. And just hearing what we've heard for probably the past five years, I mean, it's probably been coming out a little longer. It came in my radar in the past five years in like, if you drop the tight end early in a draft, it's kind of rough because it usually takes them three years minimum before they're the guys that you see like the Kelsey's, the Kittles. Um, we've been trying to pay attention to, you know, Kyle Pitts, who seemed like he might be a guy that's different because he was kind of different from, but I mean, he's still not the Kyle Pitts he's, that, that yeah, he's a, di- what was expected. He's a different like level of an athlete at the tight end position is the way it sounds. And even in this game, like he doesn't do a lot. He does something, but he does not doing a lot. And over the first two years of his career, I think last year he had no touchdowns and the first year he had one, something like that. Like it just wasn't awesome. Yeah. And maybe he's going to turn out to be a flop, but he's just too much of a freakish 
athlete. And I think those tight ends get the leashes they get because so many of them develop in year three and year four. Um, so yeah. well, I mean, and he's, this kind I of, talked to, I talked about his offense and what like they, what I think of them. And I think they're going to be one of the best run offenses in the league. And uh, he has to be a big piece of that. If you're a tight end in the best route and offense in the league, you're going to do a lot of blocking. That's just the way it goes. Yeah, for sure. All right. All right. I'm going to, so that's probably all I got for like real positives. Um, Weaknesses outside of Jones, our run game looks pretty sketchy. I like the idea of Emmanuel Wilson if he gets a hole, right? Or Patrick Taylor if they get holes. Like they seem like they can be okay. Dylan had a couple of runs where he was like pushing the pile, seemed like he kind of laid his shoulder down, tried to push forward. And then every time we needed him to do that, he would stumble or he would get hit and go down right away on like third and twos, third and threes like a third and one third and inches like he just couldn't figure out how to get out of his own way during like third and let's give it to our our big bruising running back he couldn't he couldn't figure it out and i that might be my biggest complaint about dylan is that he's not physical enough of a runner yeah it's almost to the point where it's starting to seem like convenient like that those mistakes happen like oh it's third and one we need a yard like oh he stumbled before he got the ball and went down or something like that so almost like it's in his head or something like giving yourself an out almost but i I mean interesting but i doubt that's what it is but i would doubt so as well but um Twice today, I think it was third and short, and he fell before the line, right? And I think one of them, he ended up getting it. He fell, got back up, and then got tackled like one yard down the line or whatever it was. So um, I'm torn on Dylan because I think in the second half of the year, he's going to show up and he's going to be okay. It's just the first half of the year. I don't know if he's not getting hit enough or like they haven't gotten his head that he's going to be like – replaced somehow i'm not sure right so um 15 carries 55 yards um long of eight so he didn't like really break loose at all no and i don't know that i expect dylan to break loose that that yeah right um however i do expect like you to do more than that with 15 carries I I don't know what is that? That's like three yards of carry, five yard, yeah, three less than six or four yards of carry, three something to carry. I do expect him to do a little bit more than that. Um, I guess part of that is that I expect those fifteen carries to all come in the first quarter or the first half, and then the next five to ten carries should be just be like killing your defense because they're tired and they don't want to take any more punishment from our offensive line, which I also think is good. Now, today, um, our offensive line had a couple guys out. We'll get to that in the opportunities. but um, And then, so our run offense, not good outside of Jones. Jones did not play today. We did not do enough on the ground. Um, 
Our run defense was really bad today. Uh, Pat mentioned the actual yardage today, but every time they ran the ball, it seemed like they got four yards. They leaned forward, right? So they'd get, uh, at one point I said to my wife, like, how do you get hit two yards in the backfield and still gain three yards, right? It's not like you fell forward and got back to the line of scrimmage, gets hit behind the line, wrapped up behind the line, and still ends up with five yards. And I can figure that out. That's the type of runner we need to figure out how to get. That guy that no matter where he's hit, it's all, it's just like, oh, we're going to like, that's fine. You can hit me here. I'm going to take the three yards and be done with it, even though I was supposed to get in two yard loss. Yeah. And so Robinson seems like he's going to be for real, for real. Um, oh, yeah. So uh, I did. So the banging on the drum. Uh, tweeted out, which was me today, zed it out, um, that Bijan Robinson looks like what I expected Reggie Bush to be. Yeah, I mean, if if he that's ma- what he is, like that's amazing. He made a run today, where he, I would think, it, I don't know if it was Enigbari or if it was um, Gary, but he juked him juked a linebacker at the next level and then juked a safety at the at the third level like just like the same exact move but like broke all their ankles yeah for like uh, a 12 yard run it was yeah, it was very impressive the little bit of highlights i was watching i was very 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 impressed by what he did um another one which is going to break my brain forever is cuz the other running back that really impressed me today, I don't know why I have to change subject, but just because they have the same last name, but uh, Brian Robinson from Washington, he looks pretty awesome too, but B. John Robinson, okay, definitely a beast. But I, it was breaking my brain because I was like correlating. Robinson, so I did, right? yeah. yeah, like, is this guy like a shot in the leg? But but yeah. no. Um, yeah, Bijan looked very, very good today. Uh, and so caveat, I do think that this is one of the better running teams in the league. That being said, that's what you have to prepare for and let Drake London and Kyle Pitts and Desmond Ritter beat you is kind of my attitude towards this team. Like you come in and you say, all right, like if you guys are going to pass it around on us, so be it. We're going to go after the quarterback. We're going to like have a good rush defense and we're going to put pressure and hopefully our back five or six guys will deal with it. That's not what we did. We let them gut us on the ground and it cost us in, at the end of the day. Um, so as far as opportunities go, um, offensively, and there's probably more guys that are, we were missing that I just, I didn't get back into the actual like inactives list for the day, but Bak, uh, David Bakhtiari was out starting left tackle. Um, Elton Jenkins goes out our starting I think he's our left guard, starting left guard for, so the whole left side of the line is out probably within the first quarter, quarter and a half. Christian Watson, our, what is widely considered our number one wide receiver, is sitting out for the entirety of the game. And Aaron Jones, our number one running back, is sitting out for the entirety of the game. Um, yeah, now, that's a laundry list of Packers. Like probably. stars, of stars. Like, yeah. so, like, Honestly, Bakhtiari is the highest paid guy on our team. Elton Jenkins has got to be pretty close to that offensively. And then, and 
Aaron Jones offensively is up there too, right? I mean, those guys got to be some of the highest paid players on our offensive side of the ball. And then Watson might be our highest draft pick outside of Jordan Love on the offensive side of the ball. He's at 33. Yeah. I believe. And so, like, that's a lot of capital to be losing. Now, we knew Watson was probably out. We knew pretty early in the week Jones was going to be out. I would assume that the team knew Bakhtiari was going to be out. He's not practicing. I don't think they wanted him to play on turf. I think that he does not feel comfortable on turf. And so I think that's kind of where that lies. I don't know if that's going to be an all-year thing. Like every time we play on turf, is he going to be not out there? That would be pretty hard to deal with. I don't care that we give him um, practice rest days. I don't care if it is a turf thing. Like, I'd rather just want to know as a fan exactly. that he's not going to be there. I don't care that they're going to make that decision if he thinks his knee is going to go and then can't. If he can't play at an effective level, I guess I don't care if he's not out there, but I'd like to know like if he's not going to be out there whenever they play on turf. Yeah, I just want to know what the freaking deal is because it's, it's been like this for probably three years now, like where he's always on the injury report. And when he, he'll go out and he'll play and he'll be the best player on the field. And then the next yeah. week, he's just out for some random reason. And then the next week, he'll be back and he'll be the best player on the field. Like, it's just, yeah. I think, I think you hit something there. It probably is like, cause he's, he's been pretty loud about Aaron Rodgers course, injury yeah. and, and the turf stuff and that the league should. And he does seem like a guy that would almost like just out of principle, just be like, I'm not playing on this until this shit gets changed. This, that, and the other. I hope that he's not quite like that, but it's just a very confusing injury that. It doesn't seem like anybody knows what's going on, which it would just be nice to have him come out on something, some sort of interview, preferably banging on the drum and just explain to us what this what this situation is. So it's like more understanding because there's got to be Packer fans out there that are just fed up with it. And I'm not quite there. Just oh, there's for sure. There's for sure. At least on x there is yeah right? like guys that want him traded or cut or whatever because he won't play he gets paid the most money and now he doesn't play well fuck off like he also is the best lineman we have when he's yeah. on the field i get that availability is the best ability but i would take him any day if he's gonna walk out on the field i'd take him as my left tackle over a vast majority of the league yeah i mean what against the Bears, he went showed out and he very much seemed like you know the one of the leaders of the team and yep. obviously one of the stars, but yep. but yeah, um, confusing would be nice. And like you said, it, I just want to know like what's up, like when are you gonna play? When are you not gonna play? Why are you not playing? Yeah, and if I, we could get like real answers, that would be that'd be good. Um, if the Anyway, if these guys are playing, we probably win this game by a touchdown, right? Like, so it's not close at the end. Like our offense can like still do things. 
eat up a little bit more time if we get that clo closer to 2832 or 2931 where we even that out like they probably don't win um just cuz our defense is a bit more rested and more than likely we scored a little bit more points um there's one thing I didn't write down on here we chose not to go after a 56 yard field goal indoors with a guy that obviously could have hit from 60 60 plus last week and at the time i didn't think it was a big deal right so they had just lost five yards went from 51 to 56 yard field goal and probably would have been okay right like i think it's you can go either way on that then they punted it into the end zone gave him in at the 25 so he didn't even get a real like advantage from punting at that point um that kind of is what it is but that's an opportunity that I think as our confidence grows with Carlson, we can take that kick at 56. His leg is there. It's the confidence on whether he'll hit that through the uprights. He was, again, perfect today. All the extra points and every uh, field goal he lined up for, he hit. So that's all we can ask for from him is when we put him out there, you make the kicks, right? And then we had, um, we had opportunities to get turnovers. And they weren't, and we didn't get them, right? So um, Alexander dropped a pick, uh, Walker dropped a pick, and I think it was Douglas that dropped the third pick. But like Walker's and Alexander's, like Alexander's might have been a pick six if he catches that ball. There's one guy kind of in front of him, but I would imagine that like there's an opportunity for him to shake that guy too. Like it would have been close that whether or not that guy would have been able to get to him. But I think that's part of the reason that. Alexander dropped it as he's looking at the end zone, you know, that that's a piece of it. Cause he gets by that one dude and he's gone, gone. Like it's not going to be close. Yeah. So, no, this, um, this game, looking at just some of the stats and some hearing some of the stuff like that, it, it's just like a super confusing, like box score game. Uh, if, if you just looked at the box score, cause it looks like, the Falcons should have just crushed us um, with, with some of the stuff that I'm looking at. Like, outgained us 446 yards to 224. Um, but I, I was trying to look at the third downs and see if that was uh, – that's where I came to this. But, yeah, Green Bay, three for nine on third downs. Atlanta, six for 15. So it wasn't like a whopping discrepancy other than the – amount of times that, that the Falcons had chances. Well, so they have 15 third down. So like we have 15 opportunities to get off the field on third down, right? They go for it on, I want to say maybe like three or four fourth downs, four fourth downs, three or four from on fourth down. Yeah. So they go for it on fourth down three out of four times or four times on top of that so like so really you got nine out of 15 opportunities yeah that's you know true I mean? like yeah, that's in reality like at. is that you converted first downs let's just say nine out of 15 times that you got to like it's now or never to get the first down and so that's just too much yeah and like the reason you're going for it on fourth down is because you're close you don't go for it on fourth and eight. Like that's not what happens. Fourth and six, like probably not a real opportunity to go for it. Um, with that being said, I'll get into my threats. Cause I think this is where my threats kind of come in is that 
I think our threats to the team don't lie in personnel on the field. It lies in coaching personnel. I think Joe Barry gets very conservative when we're up by 12 points. And all of a sudden we can't even like, we don't want a deep pass to kill us, get a quick touchdown. And so then we can't cover the run. Right. So I think early in the game, we did just okay versus the run, but like later in the game, when we had a little bit of a lead, we did terribly against the run, which was killing us because they were a lot, they allowed themselves to be disciplined and to stick with the run. It benefited them greatly because we couldn't stop it at all. And that might be due to what's dialed up defensively. I'm not sure, like I'm not a, like a guru or on that kind of stuff, like being able to look at a defense and being like, well, you're setting up to cover the pass and that's why the run is killing you. Um, and then I think Matt LaFleur in the first half and early in the second half was dialing up a lot of like really good innovative. I think in the first play he ran something like a flea flicker or something like that. Got a big pass interference down the field, threw it downfield another time, got a big pass interference. Those were, both in the first half, I think, and didn't really do much of that in the second half. Um, I think he got conservative. I think I think Joe Barry got conservative, and I think when we like, and I've watched a lot of coaches get conservative with leads, and it drives me crazy. But if you can't run the ball, you can't get conservative like that. Um, I guess I would be accepting of a con- like being conservative in a way that throw the ball to like on a bubble screen to Jaden Reed or throw the ball in a slant, you know, across the middle to Wicks. I don't care. You don't have to give the ball to Dylan in order to be conservative and run the clock like that. What you can't do in the fourth quarter is have three, three and outs and allow them to have three, three drives that equal up to like 12 or 13 minutes worth of clock. Like it just, you can't do shit like that. Yeah, no, it, it seems pretty egregious. And I guess I can see the thought process behind it, but right. we've seen it too many times to not make adjustments at this point is you got to dial something up on defense. You can't just play off whatever, cover three. Uh, and hope they make a mistake. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it definitely seems like a coaching thing, especially – on I think the I think the one that's highlighted the most is they have um shoot who's the other middle linebacker I want to say Campbell is that right yeah yeah Campbell uh they have Campbell out on Bijan Robinson spread wide right so Bijan Robinson is like your widest wide receiver they have him out on which is one hundred percent a terrible matchup right I would much rather have Walker out there than Campbell. Just because I think Walker's a better overall athlete. And they got him 12 yards off the line of scrimmage on a third and two or something like that. And it's, I'm not saying that that like, that's not the right thing to run, but you got bad personnel out there. I'd much rather you put Keyshawn Nixon out there or, um, or Douglas or put Alexander on him. I don't care. Like it shouldn't be. Campbell and probably shouldn't even be Walker, right? I don't like if you want to have him 10 yards off, whatever. If you're afraid that he's going to be able to burn a corner, then put the 
the linebacker right on top of him and make him release differently, right? Like bump and run coverage him right there and go after the quarterback. Like go hard after the quarterback and just don't let that guy release from the line of scrimmage. I don't know. Like I'm not, like I said earlier, I'm not this guy that like understands this. And maybe the concept works perfectly, but I just don't think putting probably our worst athlete in the back seven on their best athlete is the, is the right opportunity. Yeah. No, I mean, it sounds dumb to me. I I didn't get to see it in that aspect of it, but yeah, you think you just put a nickel on him and yeah. And go from there. But I guess that's probably why they do it is they make it. So you, your personal, you have to make that choice. Yeah. 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 Your personnel lines up with their personnel. All right. Well, do you have anything more for closing in that one? I think I'm just going to do a quick summary, like on what I actually think coming from this game. So coming from this game, I think Atlanta is an okay team, not a great team. Um, probably going to be right around 500. And what I would say is the Packers can play with anybody at that level for sure. I'd like to see them get into like a dog fight with somebody that we know is good. And I'm not a hundred percent sure that that's what Atlanta is yet, but a uh, dog fight with somebody that's good. And I think we could prove something there that can we, or can we not compete with high end teams? Yeah. And I just think there's too many injuries in this game to like even fully judge what the Packers really are as a team at this point. And yeah, from the little bit I watched in my box score looking, very happy with what we have in Jordan Love right now. I'm very happy with the performance of our young wide receivers and tight ends. And that. Our- yeah, our receiving room is impressing me a lot. That I think. So I think that Wicks had a good game. Reed had a good game. Dobbs, I don't know that he had like this excellent game, but he had some big catches in there. I want to say Tory was running some bigger routes. Pretty happy with. Musgrave was doing some stuff that was positive. Like to have that going on when I thought pretty easily on the offensive side of the ball. This was our biggest weakness. Mm -hmm. I'm very happy with. Yeah. And Dobbs was even dealing with a hamstring from Mm -hmm. last week. So, so yeah, just another injury to add to the board. All right. You ready to jump around with us? Jump around, jump, jump, jump up, get down. All right, we're jumping now. So Georgia Southern comes to Madison and Wisconsin beats Georgia Southern 35 to 14. Um, One thing I want to say in my preview of my summary is I felt pretty good about my pregame preview. uh, If any of you guys were out there listening to it, Uh, it was basically spot on was this team can throw the ball. Quarterback's going to throw a lot of 50-50 balls that you're going to need to pick off. And Wisconsin went out and did that. They got five picks off this guy and forced a fumble off him. So their quarterback turned the ball over six times in this game. First half was pretty brutal. Uh, 
Badgers, what did we go into halftime? Seven seven. And then yep. right out of the gates, uh, Georgia Southern goes up 14 to seven on us. Not looking good. Something lit a fire under the Badgers' ass after that, though. And the Badgers score 28 unanswered points in this game. Um, looking at the stats here, uh, Mordecai was 19 of 30 for 236 yards, um, zero TDs, zero interceptions, pretty conservative. He did run the ball fairly well in this game. Did have a He had a short touchdown run on a broken play. It looked like just a bad snap that he was supposed to hand off to, I can't remember if it was Malusi or Allen in the backfield. But anyways, he improvised himself and took the ball to the hole uh, where the running back was supposed to go and scored a touchdown. So that that was nice to see a quarterback that didn't shit his pants when the ball wasn't snapped exactly where it was supposed to be and just capitalized on kind of a broken play there. Yeah. And then he had a longer run for a touchdown. I want to say that was maybe his 18-yard run he had in the game. Um, can't remember exactly, uh, but yeah, nice run there. Um, Braylon Allen, Ches Malusi, uh, both had solid games. Uh, Braylon Allen, 12 carries, 94 yards, two touchdowns. Ches Malusi, 15 yards or 15 carries, 61 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, as a team, we ran the ball 38 times for 207 yards. So, so Allen did not get a touch in the first half, though. Yeah, so I wonder what's going on with that because 12 carries for Braylon Allen, like at the end of the day, it doesn't sound like too bad, but we can ride him quite a bit more. Like I think he's he's like a 20 carry guy. So that might depend. Minimum. That might depend on like what they're trying to do for getting pros to come there, right? So if you want pro pro running backs, you want to say I'm going to have you ready for the pros. We're not going to overuse you. We're going to make sure that that's not a knock on Wisconsin guys moving forward. And so like that could be what they're doing is they're trying to split the load so that because that affects recruiting is whether you can go to the NFL or not. Yeah, I guess like some wear and tear. Um, he's such a young guy, though, but I, I just feel like that's like a double-edged sword there too is no, no, you're if, not wrong. Like that can cost you, especially if you have a stud like Braylon Allen has been the last two years, but you are right as well is I think Braylon Allen um, in his first two years in college football has already proved that he's going to be an NFL back and he's going to be a damn good one. Uh, I, I mean, whatever it's, it could would not be that. that way, but I'm pretty sure his draft stock as far as at the running back position is going to be pretty damn good uh, going into next year's draft. And I can't imagine he stays another year in college after this year, after what he's already done his first two seasons in the NCAA. Uh, yeah. But yeah, other than that, uh, Badgers uh, secondary, tons of holes in it. They threw the ball all over us. Uh throw they threw for 383 yards we held them to 72 yards rushing uh but yeah if you listen to my preview it was pretty much 
pretty much everything I told you it was going to be. And I'm kind of proud of that. But that was just me looking at the numbers going into the game. And it seeming fairly obvious that Badgers aren't very good at stopping the pass. And this team is looking to throw the ball. So they took advantage of some holes in the secondary. But then again, the quarterback just, or whatever, Davis Brin just is willing to chuck the ball into just awful situations. Very bad right. decision maker for the most part. So, yeah, I think that the last couple of weeks, what we've learned from the Badgers and maybe the last three, all three of them, is that Fickle needs to start his game with what he gives for a halftime speech. After halftime, it seems like we are doing all the things right. Um, And before halftime, it feels like we can't get anything right. And so let's work that halftime speech into a pregame speech and move on. Yeah. And I just think also is we might have to lean on the run a little bit earlier than we think. Because I think it's one of those things is like, hey, we're going to run the run the playbook that I was running at Cincinnati without the guys that I had at Cincinnati to run this, that know this offense that well. Hey, this isn't working. Like our guys, our players aren't picking up the scheme we want to run as well. Like it, it's a brand new system to them. So you can't even blame them. It's third game playing under this system. They're not going to have it all figured out like those Cincinnati teams did. And then they fall back into, hey, well, we still got the guys that ran the old system. Granted, we're not running the ball the same exact way, but let's let's just let Braylon Allen get us back in this game. Let Chesman Lucy get us back in this game. And then we're going to go from there. So I think maybe that could be something that's learned is like, hey, when we get into Big Ten play, we might need to start out doing this and then try to start doing our new stuff or whatever the case may be. Or hopefully our guys pick up this new stuff because I don't think Cincinnati had anything that this Badger team doesn't have um, talent-wise. They just knew the system better and knew how to run what Fickle and his boys are trying to uh, put in on the field they, they, their players just knew the system better i think that's that's my assumption of it i mean he did have some talent there but i would assume that that's a piece of it is that there's some growing pains um he did bring in a number of guys that like are coming from other places anyway and so um hopefully we don't need to do that long term that we'd be able to bring guys in as freshmen or sophomores and then they can mature through the system. I don't know how much that'll work overall inside of college football anymore. I think Deion Sanders made a good point this upcoming year that, or uh, this last week at some point, I think that we're no longer going to see kids recruited out of high school that often. Like it's going to be a unique human that goes to like a division one power five school right out of high school because you can take these freshmen that are coming out of smaller schools that you know can play at this level and you're going to bring those guys over to your uh power five schools and the other kids are going to be at juco's and 
Division Two, Division Three, Low End Division One schools, and it'll just be a different recruiting type because yeah. you want the kids that you already know can pan out. There's going to be special kids. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, and I think there's going to be quite a few special kids. Like I don't think it's going to be a rare case that a freshman gets recruited to Wisconsin and stays through his senior year or a freshman gets recruited to Alabama and stays through his senior year. I mean, some of those programs already have that stuff figured out. Like they have hit rates of probably like 80% of, of some of the five, you know, if you get a five-star recruit, you know, 80% of the time you're, playing big time football yeah uh, you know i i don't know i get yeah, what he's uh-oh. saying i get what he's saying i think it is going to be a lot different and i think those guys at small schools <clears throat> are going to have a lot more opportunities i think in basketball is going to be an interesting one uh yeah. where where i think that will play a little bit differently but yeah i mean the landscape is changing so we're all just trying to get used to it, but it is a good point that you brought up. It's not even just that our Wisconsin guys from last year are learning a whole new system. We probably, I mean, our starting quarterback is from SMU. So he he's learning who he's playing with and I a new system because he was a new system. Yeah. Yeah. Longo was at North Carolina and, yeah, I mean, it's, he didn't. Longo didn't bring his quarterback with him, right? Yeah, like, we know that. So, yeah, but I will get into my little SWAT thing here. So, strengths is always a run game. When we decided to lean on it, our run game got us out of the jam. Uh, in this game, defense against the run was good. Same, same. This is Badgers football uh, as we know it. Still, I mean, the offense looks a little bit different, but we're still running the ball most effectively and on defense, stopping the run most effectively. Uh, And then another one was our pass rush was good in this game. I think we came up with six sacks in this game and then a lot of pressure to force some bad throws and force five interceptions in this game. And I mean, some of those weren't even necessarily uh, pressure induced, but just, Shitty decision making by Davis Brin. Uh, yeah, fun stat, fun stat, real quick. Uh, first time since 2000 that a team in the Big Ten had six turnovers and six sacks. Really? Yeah, since 2000. So, yeah, I mean, and that was is wild. How? I mean, the Badgers did end up winning this game by three touchdowns and covering uh, 18 and a half point spread, uh, but. It is crazy how the game was still a game for quite a while in this game. Uh, Late into the third, right? I mean, yeah. Late into the third quarter was still a game. Yeah. And that's where they put it away. And it did look like um, it did look like uh, Georgia Southern was going to either get another field goal or, or driving in for a touchdown when they fumbled that late that ball late they were on like the 15 or the 20 yeah 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 and uh, yeah i'll get into the weaknesses here though but i I don't have too many in this game i mean the secondary was really bad 
Uh, they outgained us, I think, in total yards, but through the air, 383 yards to 244 yards. Um, and this is, you know, a Sun Belt team that's, I want to say even fairly new to Division One football because Georgia Southern doesn't ring a bell to me as as a Sun Belt team. Uh, so I would say that they probably came into Division One in the last two or three years, um, if not maybe new this year. I I don't really I know couldn't tell that. you. Yeah, but uh, a team that shouldn't be given Wisconsin trouble through halftime and leading the game in the third quarter on them uh opportunities i think i kind of talked about this already is the new scheme i think we have an opportunity to have a very dynamic offense uh being able to run the ball and throw the ball a little bit better uh as for like receivers shimmer dk um pauling I feel like is going to be good. Skylar Bell is good. So we have three receivers that seem like they should be pretty damn good. Uh, and if we figure out if our players can start picking up what Fickle is putting down, I think that's the opportunity to have a very dynamic offense this year. Mike brought up a great point last time, too, is with the Badgers schedule ahead of us. We don't have anything too crazy tough until I want to say we run into Iowa or Ohio State. I don't want to jump off my stat page, but I'm going to jump off my stat page real I quick. I can look just, when we're up. Just so, yeah, we have Purdue Rutgers, then Iowa on what, October 14th. So we still have a couple weeks to get everything right before we get into the games where we're starting to play some ranked opponents. When we go first Iowa in Madison at Illinois on the road, which Illinois whooped us last time we played them, and then versus Ohio State at Madison. But that's what I got for opportunities. I do think, I do think it's early in the season. There's time to grow. I think Washington State was probably a better team than uh, they were getting credit for. Right now, they're currently ranked 23rd. I can't remember what they did this weekend, but I do think they went and showed out. I don't think they were playing a, a great opponent in this one. But but Washington State, that loss might not be as bad as it felt like it was to us. And as bad as we played in that game, we still had – a shot in that game and you know a safety that doesn't get called kind of goes the other way but i mean you shouldn't be putting yourself in that situation right. but i mean there there were still opportunities to win that game so uh if we did win that game and then we've seen this game right now i think we would still be a little skeptical of what this badger team is going to be but i think we would still be very optimistic like hey they can get their shit together and i think that's still where we are where we can get our shit together and we could see some interesting stuff throughout the season. Uh, As for threats, impatience, our entire little Badger fans, I think us somewhat included into that is... I am for sure. Yeah. 
not given fickle in the staff a long enough leash at this point right now and thinking we should have won that Washington State game, uh, which could be true, but we need to let these guys do what they're going to do and give them an opportunity to prove what they're doing right now is going to work or if it isn't going to work. And then uh, we need to fix the secondary. That's such a threat. There's uh Sun Belt team thrown for 383 yards against us. I think that's unacceptable. I think there's something on tape that is showing these guys like even if you aren't a good passing team, you're going to be able to, to expose it like going into the game. Yeah. It's like, hey, we got Wisconsin, so all we got to do is figure out which one of these cornerbacks to attack or or whatever every team has done against us so far has done to attack our secondary. And then we're not going to be able to stack a box against Illinois because there's an easy out in the secondary and then they can run and throw on us. And right. It's not going to be good. We, we need to fix something in the secondary. Uh, maybe go back and look at what Jim Leonard was doing for us uh, in the past and just see if they can marry that with what they're doing now and have just a better scheme to shut down the play. I know we did have some good cornerbacks in uh, in the recent past. Wild Goose, I want to say he's playing for Washington right was. now. Yeah. yeah, and and other other good guys in our secondary, but but yeah, this this team definitely needs to hammer out hammer out what we're going to do there. But Mike, do you got anything to add to any of the SWAT analysis for this Badger team and Badger game? No, I don't think so. I think that I, I do think that it's a threat that like we're going to be impatient, especially if we get a couple losses this year, even with the the turnover there. Um, and for me, I don't really like the way the defense is performing overall as a whole. I, like you see six turnovers and six sacks, and you're like, man, that the, that's fucking awesome, right? But it's really not. It's not. We're not there. It's not good enough. And so our defense needs to be better. Like we probably shouldn't have given up any points, and that's what I think I've gotten used to the most is that our defense we can stand on our head, right, and like do what we need to do. And so I'd like to see that be better moving forward, like progress anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely, definitely needs to get better, Mike. Um, But yeah, then my final summary of this, Wisconsin, Wisconsin ultimately gets the job done. Like I said, they covered, uh, but it still doesn't seem good enough as Mike just alluded to. Uh, if it wasn't for getting five interceptions and a fumble, like we would have been in big, big trouble in this game if uh, our boy Davis Brin wasn't just chucking the ball over all over the yard. Like if he was a better decision maker, run into a better quarterback, like we talked about when we ran into Cameron Ward, all he did was just not make bad decisions and yep keeps them in that game and wins wins against us. I, I think if Cameron Ward is the quarterback for Georgia Southern in this game, 
that's quite possibly an L. Um, I know that's kind of like a easy way to put it, I guess. All right. Like it doesn't exist, but it is what it is. I mean, we got six turnovers. We should have just wiped the floor with these guys front to back in the game. And we did until until we got a fire lit under our ass in the second half. Right. We should have been able to convert more um of those drives into scoring opportunities. So you had six short drives out of out of uh Georgia Southern which means we should be converting more of those into actual scores. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, definitely should have probably had more than 35 points in that game. But that is all I have for the Badgers, unless you want to tap it one more time. No burrs. And honestly, that's all we have for the show today. I think we got a pretty short one for you guys. Like I said at the top of the show, please like, subscribe, download, uh, share. We are trying to get better. We do got some schemes that we're coming up with. Uh, yeah, no, and I and I think we got a pretty good schedule hammered out as of right now. So we will see how that goes. But thank you for listening. We appreciate it. We love you. And Mike, what do you got for me? Uh, so I want to just do one quick ad lib off of maybe my favorite NFL quote of all time, which is uh, from Randy Moss in straight business, homie. Yeah. Right. Straight business, homie. That's what, we're that's doing. what we That's what we did today. Um, and for all you suckers doubting the Badgers, the Packers, the Bucks, or the Brewers, you can eat our shorts. Roll it. All them suckers that doubted the Packers came. My show, all them suckers that doubted the Packers King. Eat my show, beat em. All them suckers that doubted the Packers King. Eat my show, eat my shows.